Hey, Stellarman fans, I'm your host, Mary Rectoris. And I'm your co-host, Mila Taylor. Stella Women shines a light on female leaders making their mark in tech. And today we have Rebecca Grant, Executive Director and Founder of iCourts. Hi, Rebecca. Thanks for joining us. Hi, how are you? Well, how are you? Also doing very well, thank you. Well, we're really, really excited to have you. And as Mila stated, you founded iCourts and based in Australia. So in your role, you're kind of the, the voice and the face of the company. So, so I'm curious, how do you inspire your team there? What has been your tricks to success on that front? If I looked backwards, I probably being quite open about my personal and uh, career goals helps people understand me at the human level. We definitely are are always looking for that kind of engagement when we're recruiting so that we have that connection. Relationships are at the centre for us of how we, um, they're they're at the centre of our business model, they're at the centre for how we motivate people and they're at the centre for how we like to engage. guess I have a bit of a a theory and a a self-principle, which is that it starts from the top. I'm pretty open, I'm pretty accessible and um, and I I don't mind engaging on those sorts of um, erstwhile uh, taboo topics like where do you want to go to and how can we help you get there and uh, what's getting in the way. Did you have a leader that kind of inspired that in you, someone you looked up to and found that was a great way to inspire you or is that something that was a more natural evolution for you in your role? I've had plenty of amazing um, people that I've looked up to and and, um, have picked up from them tips and tricks and methods about how to do things. But it's sad to say really where that comes from is having the daft of that available to me. So it's the gap or the delta for what existed in my career um, that I really recognised I wanted, I needed. It would help me do better. It's what helps drive me every day at work. Um, so that's why I strive to make sure that it's available to the team that I have around me. That's really great. And I think too, when you were starting out in your career, the makeup of the industry looked very different, right? It, it was very women leaders were far and few between and hopefully we're seeing some movement in the right direction there. Oh, that's that's so true. Um, and I started out um, as a sort of practicing lawyer. So it was a, a quite a traditional uh, landscape as much as anything else. And there was a, a very traditional linear trajectory as well. The first decade of, of my working career, I made the, the shift to technology law because it was a burgeoning and quite new and very exciting avenue you know, in terms of opening up not just what tech can help do for access to justice, which is a favourite topic of mine, but for what people with um, a lot of smarts can help do and, um, and amongst other things, they can lower the cost of getting to the right result. It allowed, you know, a much wider opening for, for people to shine and for different skills to be seen as, as important, um, as contributory and for an understanding about different leadership styles and different business models. So all of those things were um, at the kind of the right crucible point too for when I think um, in a whole range of other business niches, uh, the same sort of revolution was happening. Great. And so you mentioned access to justice and why, you know, a big topic to you. Do you mind just elaborating a little bit on that, whether it's iCourt related or just personally, kind of how, how that plays into your life? It started as personal. Um, it's also very iCourts related. It's that's at the centre of how we deliver our work and our services. From a personal perspective, being in practice and seeing the cost of not just 
legal advice, but all of the attendant um, costs that happen just to defend or pursue rights. It's a threshold that many people just cannot get to, and therefore the burden of even um, protecting one's rights or someone else's rights is very, very high and very great. And it's an enduring principle for me. Justice shouldn't be denied if it's required. Um, and I know we can have lots of cynical and perhaps fun conversations about justice and law being mutually exclusive, um, but I'm an idealist as well. Uh, and I think that we do need to strive every day for our ideals so that lowering the cost of access to justice, making it more accessible, people can exercise and protect their rights is what we as lawyers, that's what we're born to do. Yeah, I love that. And I think that definitely, you know, says a lot about you and says a lot about the makeup of the culture at, at iCourts. Like, how do your values inform your leadership style? And just kind of talk to us a little bit about what else like makes up a good leader and a great team. You've got to be clear about what your goal is. So what you're there to do, uh, but equally important is not keeping it to yourself. Uh, and I think leadership styles of old have just been um, do as I say, uh, and that that's about the end of the dialogue, whereas I'm, uh, I am I really believe mostly because it's how it impacts me um, to receive this kind of leadership that leaders who tell you where they want to get to, who tell you the reasons behind that and then give you enough tools and autonomy to be able to get there and play your part, um, that's the most motivating and the most fulfilling way of getting every need met. So um, in the business, I like to surround myself with people who are vocative and smart intelligent, have opinions, pretty passionate about what they do. So they actually get excited by solving problems if that's what their job is, or they get excited about reaching people with um, interesting stories if that's what their role is. And so to the extent that that's what they're there to do anyway, and that's where their brain cells coalesce naturally with their talent, I like to leave them to their own devices to a great extent. I like to say, here's where we're going to come with. All ideas are open. Um, love to talk as you can probably tell so inviting people to share ideas is the best way to maybe change course and get to an even better outcome than you would have if you just gone there by yourself so it's bringing people with you um, and it's surrounding um, yourself with with people who who naturally want to exercise their own their own will and their own ideas and then we get there somewhere that we perhaps hadn't designed or divined but it's going to be immeasurably better Shifting gears slightly, but still on the same vein as, you know, inspiring your team and playing to their strengths. We chatted with Jackie, who's on your marketing team, and she noted that she was in operations before kind of shifting roles and just some life changes that led to that passion of hers. Mm -hmm. And she said that that's not uncommon for iCourt's team members to switch gears and kind of talk to you about maybe switching lanes. So love to talk to you about that. How have you kind of fostered that culture where people feel the flexibility to play to their strengths? It probably started out of pure base um, interest for not losing um, a talent just because where they are or a choice that they've made outside of the iCourts world um, means that they can't be who they were anymore at iCourts. If you let someone walk out just because they need to work different hours or they can't deliver because they've made really incredible life choice, they can't deliver the same kind of work hours each week, then it's a loss. So it's always an opportunity to kind of have a think about what can we put that energy to? How can we re-harness that person's talents? One of the other things that drives it, though, is constantly keeping in check with what the staff are looking for. Staff are looking for ways that they can do different things. And it's not surprising that that's a hallmark of my own career. Again, hearing what people 
are wanting and looking for and looking for ways that we can deliver at least some of that in, in the context of the business. So it's only ever going to be a great outcome. So I'm really open to it. If we've got places that people want to shift over to from where they are in the business, then we make it happen. I think that that's a huge testament to the great work and like environment that you and ICOTS have kind of built that people are trying to say like, oh, how can I figure this out to stay here? Oftentimes people are at a role where it's like, oh, you know, I'm not loving this anymore. I'm going to go look elsewhere. But the fit, the fact that people are trying to, you know, make it work and stay at ICOS, I think that says a lot about you and the team. So that's that's a really cool thing that that goes on. I think you guys should all be super proud of that. Higher team effort. There's um there's so much glue and stickiness that binds us all together. Not to mention sort of shared experience and, and shared professional history. Yeah, it's about where we're going to as much as anything else. And I mean, this is a month which is a very exciting month. In the last um, sort of four calendar weeks, we've had two new babies born to iCourt's staff and it's just obviously each business goes through those sorts of periods but we haven't we haven't had any new ones coming and it's um it's exciting to see uh people who are part of your team take that first step in their life it's just lovely you've done like an amazing job of empowering your team and so looking at the wider e-discovery industry how what are some tips that you think that you can give for ways that we can help empower each other where it be on your team or different companies or colleagues, or just anything, just some things that you find are helpful to work towards empowering each other? I'm lucky enough to come from a profession we serve as much as anything else. So I still count myself and um, still am a, a practicing lawyer. And I think one of the, the great examples that law as a profession has is that it is a profession. It's it's holistically bound together by a, um, a series of formalised education, but then a series of kind of formalised continuing education and identity and I think in, particularly in the last decade the e-discovery um, industry has really done an exceptional job of trying to corral that, those kinds of leverage points for those that work in e-discovery. Um, definitely the ecosystem that Relativity provides, a focus on continued education, the focus on certifications, those sorts of things give kind of operators, workers within the industry, a sense of professionalism. They also give them standards to aspire to and ways in which they can mark and um, set forth further goals, which creates a future force as much as anything else. So I'd like to see a continued and, and big focus on the education and the uplifting of the, the standards within e-discovery. I think that that will help with greater uptake. I think that's great. So Rebecca, thinking through when you were focus on being a lawyer or starting ag courts or just throughout your career, like what's one piece of advice that has really stuck with you? Well, definitely never give up. <laughs> That's been a hallmark of pretty much everything I've done um, because you won't necessarily succeed, um, whether it's uh, getting a placement at university or um, in, into a course or, or the job that people are looking for, or even once you're running a business, getting the candidate getting the client, getting the, the project, every single thing does not fall into line. And what you need to be capable of is understanding what you can do differently so that you're going to be closer to that goal next time. So it's the constant iterative learning, not just outward, outwardly, but also about how you present as a company, as an offering or um, candidate for a role. So never giving up, constant engagement about um, what can give you the edge next time. The other thing that I think has been a really important and um, lucky synergy for me, if you stay close to the things that 
really drive you on a, a personal or ideological or professional goal set level, you're going to be so much better at, at doing it. It's probably another way of another way of saying um, stick close to what you're passionate about. But um, that is very true. I can see it in people that come through the business or that we're interacting with. If you love what you're doing, you're so much better at it than if you're just showing up. Kind of never giving up that keep going to me. And maybe it's just because like it's how I grew up, but that's so Australian and it's so just like just seeing the amazing work that you and the team done, um, team have done at Relativity Fest with the Innovation Awards. I still I so see all that, like you guys see a problem and you tackle it and that's awesome. And I think that that's a really cool, cool match. And then on the second thing, uh, it, it kind of reminded me of a, a piece of advice that someone gave me when about like doing what you love at work to your strengths and like I think a lot of people kind of have this approach where it's like okay what am I the worst at in my job I'm gonna do that you know every day this week so I'm good at it where it's like hang on why don't you actually find what you're good at your job and do that every day and get even better at it and kind of like have that as your strength in my first job I ever had I was like making spreadsheets and I hated it I was like I've got to just keep doing and make this and become really good at it when I was like wait why am I doing this like I'm good at all these other things I may as well do what I enjoy and then and, and succeed that way. Yeah, there's a there's a special um, additional set of effort and talent that you seem to have around things that you love and that you're good at. For sure. Okay, and so to close us out here, what's something fun that you've done recently or you're looking forward to doing? <laughs> um, so I'm a mad photographer and uh, a bit of an amateur one. On a complete whim yesterday, I booked a four-day um, trek um, in a different state in Australia because our internal borders have been open for about a month now. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going off next Thursday, going off piste and doing um, sort of 80Ks over the, the four days with my two camera bodies oh. um, up and down the coast of um, a, a remote part of regional Victoria. So, And so that's how I count my fun. <laughs> You'll have to send us pictures you dig. Yeah, I will. <laughs> um, <laughs> consider yourself be ready to be spanned. Um. <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you so, so, so much for chatting with us, Rebecca. It was great. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you both for inviting me. Thanks, Rebecca. And for Stella Orman, I'm Mary Rick Torres. And I'm Nina Taylor. Signing, Signing off. off.